Thank you, everybody, for joining us to episode 11 of Dumb and Drummer. Our guest today is John Cowell from Revolution Drum. Welcome, John. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How about you guys? Doing fantastic. Happy to have you on. So uh, let's just kick it right off. Tell us about Revolution Drum. What are you What are you providing? What are you What are you best known for? All that good stuff. Yeah, I would say that we're a, uh, a drum accessory company. We don't do any instruments, no cymbals, no sticks. I mean, the the, the big guys have those handled. You know, the the the, the DWs and the Remos and the Zildjians and all that. Um, yeah, we felt there there'd never be a way to compete in that arena. So. Definitely a, a drum accessory company, um, and and we really try to focus on not just putting out a ton of different SKUs and products. You know, we just really try to have very innovative, well thought out products um, that are that are useful and, and practical in real musical settings. Not just stuff that simply looks cool or or is kind of gimmicky, but we really try to focus on um, stuff that that works. Again, like I said, just in real musical settings, you know, guys that are out there gigging weekly, you know, whether they're playing at a local bar or playing in arenas, you know, stuff that actually works. So that's, that's kind of the gist of our company. Awesome. Awesome. And, and so what was the original motivation to, to start? I mean, did you see a need in the drum community for certain things and then you wanted to provide those or did you have was it a conversation or something like that that kind of springboarded everything yeah that's a good question um i'd have to say it goes back way before i even started the company um i i've always i know this sounds cliche these days but i just always wanted to be an entrepreneur and the idea of working for somebody else and having a nine to five has never been appealing to me mm -hmm. um I didn't do well in school, just the structure of, of school, which I, th I think kind of that same structure continues on into the corporate world, just just wasn't my thing. And consequently, I didn't do well in school, got kicked out of three high schools. <laughs> and and, it, and yeah. it wasn't that, you know, in retrospect, they you know, back then they called me a bad kid or whatever. I, I don't feel like I was a bad kid. I just, just the way that they taught, which was very linear and just all textbook, just didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so then I ended up doing some other programs where it was a lot more kind of hands-on creative stuff and I, I excelled, I loved it. And I was with like-minded kids and we were the bad kids. Right. Um, but a lot of them went on to become musicians and, you know, business owners and stuff. We just had a different way of learning. So with that being said, um, I just always felt like, you know, and probably in my, I'd say going back as far as my teens, late teens, uh, I try to imagine myself like in the workforce or whatever, and it just seemed just so unappealing. Um, so probably back when I was 14 or 15, I tried, cause I grew up skateboarding. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I tried to start just some little t-shirt brands and all that sort of stuff, but I, I didn't know what I was doing. So, you know, I, I'd print out a few shirts and come up with a name, maybe sell a few to some buddies. Um, and I, I've probably tried to create, I'd say at least a dozen companies, you know, over the course of the past 20 plus years. Real quick uh, side note, I, me and buddies in high school did the exact same thing with skateboarding. We started our own skate team and skateboard company called Clem Skateboards. And we just literally right. drew on the skateboards. 
No, that's rad. That's and, and the the cool thing, not to go off on too much of a tangent about skateboarding, but that's what's so cool about skateboarding is you could pull that off too, you know, in any other environment, like people would laugh at you, but the skate community was just, it's so welcoming that like, if you're like, Hey dude, I'm going to do a skateboard company and you know, I'm, we're big it. We're going to do all of our graphics with like Sharpies. People are like, Oh, that's rad. That's cool. Let's mm-hmm. do it. You know, yeah. and any other thing would be like, no, this is the process that you have to follow. And, and that's kind of, I'd say was my original motivation is, um, it is, this idea that you have to follow certain rules to be successful. Like, you know, you got to go th- this amount of college, you got to have this degree, you know, you got to start at this level or this position within a company. And then you like, I just, for, for me, that just sounded ludicrous. And I just, I thought, you know what, there's, uh, there's gotta be other ways to do it. And, um, so my, two of my aunts, my, both my dad's sisters, as well as my dad, they all are, are small business owners. Actually, my aunt's a, a big business owner now. She started a company. She manufactures body boards. Okay. Like, you, guys, you know what boogie boards are? Or body boards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she has one of like the premier bodyboarding companies now, which she started out of her garage in, in a one-bedroom apartment. Wow. And now she's like probably top five in the world. Um, so I kind of had that inspiration, you know, growing up. Um, yeah, so I just my, – my dad was a professional drummer growing up. So we always had a drum kit in the house. I remember there was this red sparkle Ludwig that we always had um, in his office. And we'd go kind of bang around on it. But it was what our dad did. So we didn't think it was cool, my brother and I. Yeah. Um, you know, so and he tried to get us into it and teach us little beats and stuff. And we just weren't having it at that age. Probably, I want to say like around 15 or 16 was when I, I started thinking, hey, this is actually kind of cool. Because a lot of friends would come over and they'd show more interest in the drums than I would. You know, they're like, dude, let's play. Can we play in your dad's drums? And my dad didn't care, but yeah, go for it. And I'm like, no, dude, let's go outside and ride bikes or skate or whatever. And they'd want to play drums. So I, I, I think um, my interest was kind of spurred spurred on by, you know, friends that showed more interest than I did. You know, so I was like, well, maybe this is kind of cool. So I started jamming a little bit. And then I, so I'd say I didn't take drumming serious till probably my late teens. Okay. Um, and, um, and then I, then I just kind of started, uh, checking out different products. You know, I'd, I'd go to the local guitar center drum shops and, you know, I'd start noticing things and coming from like the skateboard world. And also I was heavily into like motorcycles as well, like motor, motocross and dirt bikes and all that. You know, I, I, I start, I started like comparing the technology in the drum world versus like what I saw out there with like skate, skateboard you know, bicycle, uh, motocross. And I'm like, dude, these guys are like way behind. Um, particularly with like accessory type stuff. And, um, so, so the, the very first thing that I actually, uh, initially was working on was a firefly drum key and it went through like many iterations. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and that I, I, have, actually, I have three of those. Oh, rad. That's uh, cool. Just man. In case I lose one. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah, so that I, I started working on that, believe it or not, in 2003. Um, and I remember I was at my mom's place, and I, I literally took – so this was the inception of Revolution Drum. I took a – one of those, like, little um, – one of those little ratchet ratcheting-type screwdrivers. Yeah, yeah. Took it outside, took a hacksaw. I, I cut the handle off one side. 
and then I and then I, I cut the screwdriver off the other side. So I just had the little gear thing. Mm-hmm. And then what I did is I looked up, you know, on Google like welders near me or something. And then awesome. I cut off the yeah. So then I cut off the handle of a standard drum key, and then I cut off the shaft of it. I basically mm-hmm. cut it in half. Right, took the handle off, and then I had him like spot weld on either side of that ratchet. So the original Firefly was just a standard ratchet. And um, do you still have that? I have it somewhere. Yeah. It's a, it's it's a, it looks like a caveman tool, dude. It's like the most crude looking thing you've ever seen, but, but it yeah, worked. But it works good, yeah. Yeah, it worked. Um, you know, so then what I did is I I started trying to figure out like how I would get these made, and I I remember I went so where my folks live, there's um, it's kind of a weird area, but there's like homes, but then real close there's kind of like a lot of industrial and and commercial businesses, mm-hmm. and it's in Costa Mesa, California, and that's actually kind of the epicenter of like the surf skate. Um, not just culture, but like where they manufacture a lot of, you know, that's where like in the old days, like visions, vision, Sims, uh, Schmidt sticks, and then like new deal. Um, and then even into like, uh, like Volcom. Okay. Now, now I recognize it. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you guys ever heard of Ruka, like Ruka started there. Yeah. Yeah. The RVCA. RV. Yeah. 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 It's actually Ruka. I always, yeah. It looks like RVCA. So um, all those companies started there. So there was just a, like a little enclave of, of just really cool, like little businesses and stuff. And I remember there was a, a shop that um, manufactured parts for remote control cars. So I went in there and I, I, I literally was just like knocking on people's doors, trying to figure out like, because I, I didn't know anything mm-hmm. about anything, you know, as far as business goes. So I, I went to this uh, place that manufactured radio control car parts because that was another... We'll, we'll get into this later, but I'm the king of hobbies. Like I, I just hobby after hobby after hobby. And one hobby that I had earlier on, probably when I was in middle school, was um, like radio control cars, like racing yeah. and stuff. So I went in there and I started talking to the guy and I showed him what I had. And he's like, why don't you just use a unidirectional bearing? And I was like, what's a unidirectional bearing? <laughs> he's like, you know, you know, a cam clutch bearing. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. He goes, look. There's a bearing store, you know, it's two blocks down. Go in there, ask them to see what a cam clutch bearing is, right? So I went there, guy showed me one. And basically what it is, is it's a bearing that has a, like a locking system in it. So it spins perfectly smooth one way, but it, it cannot move the other way. So yeah. there's no play. So the set, like if, if it's on a shaft, it spins this way and then locks it like it, it, cause it's got these like these little, almost like a little clutch thing little mm-hmm. miniature flushing inside there. So the, the guy brought it out and it, it was on um, like a little shaft with the bearing just so he could show me how it worked. And as, as soon as I saw that, I remember getting nervous, like, oh my gosh, like this is That's like it. immediately I knew how I was going to design it. Mm-hmm. And um, and then from that point forward, I made uh, a, a couple more crude prototypes, but with this cam clutch bearing now. So I just totally abandoned the idea, you know, with the ratchet. So I did that. And then went through a, a few different versions and finally got one that not only worked well, but looked good. Mm-hmm. And originally I was trying to have uh, the thing manufactured here in the States. I went through several different companies and it ended up costing me like, dude, I want to say like between 10 and 12 bucks just to have it manufactured. So then I, I kind of figured out the math. So by the time it goes through like a distributor and then a wholesaler, I'm like, this is going to cost 40, 50 bucks. Yeah. It's not going to happen. And, and I and I did try selling them like that for a while, um, 
and it just I was making like a dollar a key or something, you know. Oh I'm selling directly to stores, and I just couldn't mark it up because they're like, okay, most we could sell these for is twenty, twenty-five bucks or something. Yeah. So, um, so that happened. That's when I started realizing, okay, I need to find production overseas to where I can get these things made well, but you know, for maybe a third of the cost. And that and that's really was kind of my introduction to. Uh, you know, manufacturing and getting production done and importing and all that. And, and literally, I learned 99% of what I know now from Google, just literally just typing in like, how to manufacture products and import, you know, or just whatever my whatever my search was, how to start a new drum business on my totally, totally dude, I, I would I would type stuff that's literally that simple. And I just like how to start a business. And I figure if you would type something that general in, you, there would be a, like a little nugget of information that you that you wouldn't know, right? Yeah. You know, like oh wow, okay, I didn't I didn't realize there's a difference between an LLC and an S corp or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and and then I just I just start slowly started p- kind of piecing these puzzle pieces together. Um, yeah. So the first the first product that we had in production was the Firefly, and at that time I didn't even have a name. Other than I called it a Firefly, but I didn't have like Revolution or anything because it wasn't really a brand. It was just a little, you know, cool product that I had designed. I do um, want to just pause for one second and just talk about right. what the Firefly is because I, I, I definitely want to hype this up for uh, listeners and viewers. So basically, and, and feel free to hop in, but the, basically the, the Firefly is on one side, you tighten, you flip it over 180 degrees, it can loosen, it has like a... Uh, what, what what would you call the apparatus to actually turn it? It's got like a it's uh, just a wing nut, maybe. Yeah, it's 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 essentially yeah, it looks like a wing nut. But the benefit is two two things that I really love about it is one, you can control how much you turn a tension rod. So when 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 you tune, like I'm I'm really big on tuning. Like you want to have everything even. Well, you can when you say quarter turn, you can do exactly a quarter turn. And, and you can just ratchet it. You don't have to keep turning it. You can just turn it, you know, a little bit and it will tighten. And the other thing I like about it too is if you hold, if you have it on the tighten end, on the top, you can finger tighten your tension rods by just manually turning the apparatus and then everything's even and then you can ratchet it. So it's easy on your wrist. It's easy on your, on your muscles. You know, you can do on the fly tuning, but it's really, really consistent. And it looks really cool too. Like it just, it's got the wing nut part is a different color. The ratchet part is like stainless steel, so I'm I'm a huge fan. But I know like everybody has, you know, if you're a drummer, you have like a dozen drum keys, and you know you don't really care. You don't have a preference on one. But this is like the drum key, in in in, in my opinion, that every drummer should own. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'll, I'll piggyback on that comment a little bit. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, the, the, you know, the the fact, like you had said, you know, you can you can grab the handle part of it. And, you know, let's say you just put a new head on, for example, and, and you, you can go around finger tight everything, you know, and, and really get a feel, just a tactile feel for, um, you know, exactly where each tension rod is. And then, you know, you're starting at the same spot, right? So, like, exactly. let's say you were like, okay, I'm going to do a, a true quarter turn. Then you do an exact quarter turn because, you know, let's, let's, say, let's say here's the shaft here. There's no play like you'd have with a standard ratchet. It's yep. like it's like you, you go a quarter, and it's a true quarter turn, right? You do an eighth, it's a two eighth or sixteenth or whatever. Exactly. Um, so in terms of the ratchet, you have that little bit of play on the back turn. 
Exactly. Yeah. With a, with a ratchet, you know, before you get to the next gear, you feel like a, a little bit of slop. So if you, if you mm-hmm. turn like a standard ratchet within that level, within that area of play and just put it back, it didn't do anything. Right. Until you click over to that next little thing. Like, a, like even like gear. on a soccer wrench too, right? Soccer it's wrench got, too, yeah. got a little bit of, of play. You got that little sloppiness. So the, the, the key doesn't have that at all. And that's what's so nice about that little cam clutch bearing is, is you literally could do like a 30 second, or I mean, just a 10th of a millimeter yeah. and it'll catch like, cause it, it cannot move forward once you go back. And honestly, um, like for tuning, like I, I just made a tuning video and I've been talking to my buddy about, you know, I was trying to help him tune his rack Tom over, uh, over Instagram, just saying videos back and forth because some people just can't tune. And it's like, this is the best way to learn how to tune consistently because you're like, oh my gosh, when you said quarter turn, like somebody sent me a message the other day, they were like, well, do you think a quarter turn is 25% or do you think it's like 50? And I was like, how much is a quarter worth? Is it worth 25 <laughs> cents or 50 cents? Right, so that, that's yeah. the question you have to answer. But they were like, well, somebody told me quarter turn or half turn is like way more. And so everybody's over-interpreting it. So that, that true, true quarter turn is gonna make your tuning life a lot better. I mean, it, it's gonna give you a foundation. Here's another thing I recognize, or, or, and I don't know if this is by uh, by design, but I love it. Um, I think if you have it on the Titan side, I was taking some heads off. I, I put on some Remo color tones and they were too dark, so I was taking them off and I was trying to do it really quick. The, the way that the key is designed, if you have it on the Titan side and you spin it manually with your hand, it's got a counterweight, so it'll spin the tension rod like really fast, kind of like a marching drum key if you take it it's got those really long, um, it's got like a really long apparatus. You can spin it like a helicopter, you know, and it just, and it just, right. your, your key does the same thing. It's got this counterweight where it'll throw the tension rod and loosen it faster. So if you yeah. want a quick change out, you don't have to sit here and go like this. You can just like spin it or, you know, kind of jimmy it or whatever you want to say, and, and you get the job done faster. So it's just like one of those, right. things. oh, it, it, it gets better. You know, it's interesting. I, I have heard that before, um, but I, I've, there's a lot of th- several things about the key that I've heard from people that I, didn't even come to my mind that ended up kind of just being just a good byproduct of the design. Um, you know, w- one thing it's it's crazy that I never even thought about this, but you can you can actually put it into a drill. Yeah, I thought about that too. Um, I, I never. I, I was going to try. Part. Is is it small enough? Because I, I'm looking at my drill, and I would have to like loosen it all the way. Yeah, it is. It is. That's yeah. so sick. Because it's That's like, funny. hey, you should market it that way, dude. Like, I'm. I mean, yeah. you're 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 the man. Like, I'm not going to tell you how to run your business. But <laughs> if you say like, hey, this works for. Did you know that this works for a drill? And people would be like, well, I just bought this other bit. I didn't know right. that. You know, it's a one stop shop essentially. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, and it, this, this was probably just a year ago, and so I, I think a guy sent me a picture of it in a drill, and I was like, "Holy crap! I didn't, even, I've never even thought about that." I didn't think it was gonna fit. Otherwise, I would have tried. And and I have a, I still have a cord, a corded drill. I don't, I'm not, I'm not. Yeah. Big with the maintenance. But I mean, it, it honestly, it's stuff. it's it's so fast in itself, you know, that like really needing a drill would be if you're just gonna like you're a drum tech and you're doing like Terry Bozio's kit or something, yeah. right? You yeah. There's, there's gotta be a practical application for that for sure. Yeah. So, but I mean, it was just, it was a cool thing. Um, but also going back to what you were talking about, um, spinning the shaft, I, I thought you were getting at something else when you, when you were kind of first prefacing that, that, um, statement, but, um, 
you know, people ask, one thing that I have people ask me, you know, I love the key, but I wish it was color coded on one side. And yeah, yeah that'd be nice. So, so, but let me tell you something, and this is what I thought you were going to say. So, all you have to do is if, is if you pick up the key, if you spin the shaft, like whatever, you know, the, the top part that, that's facing you, yeah. if you spin it right, it's ready to tighten. So, I literally can just pick it up and spin it. And if it doesn't spin right, then I, I know I flip it over. It's, it's literally almost as fast as you'd visually see something. And I, I, I'm so much about like the look of stuff that I, I just wouldn't want to add like a color coded side. To me, that would like throw off the kind of industrial look of it. So, so I, I would personally love it. I was actually going to put something on there with a Sharpie because I do the same thing. It's like, it's like, it's like saying you don't know the hot and cold in your shower. Like just, <laughs> I mean, eventually you just figure it out. Or, or I think the, the, there's a logo on the side and the logo will be upside down. If it's exactly. on top it'll be, yeah, so you, there's you, ways. But for people that are like, well, it's dark. I'm trying right. to do this on the fly. Like that, that'd be cool. I, I also think it'd be cool if you could customize and, and you could actually say, hey, if you give me like 30 bucks, I will give you the ability to make your own because right. that's like Vans, uh, Big Fat Snare Drum, Remo, right. all these companies do like a customize. And I know this is not the direction that we intended on going with the podcast today, but like right. I, I, I want my own personal, like I want my Hefe Plays Drums <laughs> key and, and I'll pay, I don't give a fuck, I'll, I'll pay whatever for it, you know what I mean? And, right. but, but then I would want to have the arrows on it. I would be the guy that would be like, okay, this color is right. tight and this color is loosened. But, I just okay so so and 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 I'm saying this this isn't something I prepared or anything like that or scripted or whatever. Yeah. I do not want to use a different drum key when I'm tuning my drums. I like, appreciate I, that. I have I have that key on my floor tom snare to my left. It's the only key that I use now. I mean, I use your uh survival key which is another really cool product if you're right. checking out the uh listeners and viewers. It's yeah. essentially a um it's like a metal shaft with a tension rod screwed into it. But you can take right. the tension rod off and cross it on the shaft, and then you have a drum key. But then you also right. have an extra tension rod if you're like at a gig and tension rod drops out of the bottom of the drum, and you're like, "Oh shit!" You have that extra tension rod around your neck, so you can just wear it, and it looks dope. I've gotten a bunch of, I've worn it as a drum key, and people are like, "Oh, cool! Are you a drummer?" And that's interesting. So it's like kind of a cool like style, like accessory thing as well. Right, for so, sure. Yeah, no, that, that, yeah, that's the, the Firefly is like it's it's not going anywhere. Like one, I actually once you, have a question about the Firefly. It. Sure. So, because uh, I like I said, I have about three of them, and one of them uh, is actually the really I got it at the Nam show maybe like 2007. It has that FF logo on it that I don't think right. is on there anymore. Right. And I know uh, recently you actually you actually replaced my one of my Fireflies because the bearing went out on me, and you were telling me that you have a new bearing and all that. So can you tell me a little bit about what's new with the, what's the difference between the bearing and the old Firefly and the new one? Quality. That's the that only thing. Just... Yeah. Yeah. We, we switched over to a German bearing. Okay. Um, so, so the, the original one we had was like a Taiwanese made bearing. Um, but you know, the Germans, everything they do as far as like machine goes is so precise and so well-made. Um, so yeah, the, the keys that we started making, I'd say within the past year, there, there's a company called Ina that's like just a premier uh, bearing manufacturing company in Germany, mm -hmm. and it definitely like costs us quite a bit more. But it's that's why now we can offer this five year guarantee. I mean, their bearings are just just so well made, um, you know. And, and and it ultimately just it made the keys go up a couple bucks. But you know, I mean, my philosophy is like if people are going to spend five six bucks on a coffee, you know, and you're a serious drummer. 
you know, you're not going to spend 20 bucks on a tool that is guaranteed for five years. I mean, that's like four cups of coffee. So that's, that's what I was going to say that with that guarantee, that extra few dollars makes it totally worth it because now I know right. that if this craps on me in five years, I don't have to spend that other $20. Exactly. Yeah, no, for sure, man. Um, yeah. And that, that's the thing, you know, it's, it's, it costs us more. So consequently it's going to cost the end user more. Um, but we still try to uh, make all of our stuff accessible to where it's not just completely out of reach for just your common drummer. I mean, you can, you can buy a, a drum key that's three bucks. That's made out of pot metal, you know, yeah. that you're going to hate, um, you know, or, or you can spend, you know, 19, 20 bucks on ours and have something that actually has technology. I mean, e even just the patents, you know, getting that thing patented because it's got a utility patent and that cost right. me a lot of money to do that. So there's like a lot, you know, the machining, all that, there's a lot of money built into just the, the design of that key. It's just a drum key, but there's a lot that actually goes into it. Exactly. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and, and that's, that's kind of um, something, you know, when you talk to other manufacturers, you know, it's, it, a lot of times it's hard for people that, that don't do manufacturing to understand like what really goes into products and, um, and, and just, just how much, just, I don't know how much like R and D, how much potential disappointment, potent, you know, potential for error, um, things that you may have overlooked on a product. You know, there's, there's, there's so many factors to it. It's, it's not like, I mean, I mean, a, a great idea is just the beginning, you know, I mean, there's a million people that have great ideas, but executing those great ideas and then getting them from, a prototype to actually on the shelf of a store and into users hands that that's a tricky part you know that the, honestly that's the hard part um i mean you 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 did it though man i mean and 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 i'm, I'm actually uh curious just because we're we're i know we're tight on time uh what other products do you have can you talk about any prototypes or any i mean you don't have to talk about any ideas but it, can we expect some new products for this year or maybe next year oh for sure Totally. Excellent. Um, yeah. So this is, this is ridiculous to admit, but I, I started working on a practice pad in 2008 and I called it the chopping block and uh, the whole, it was going to be like a whole marketing thing, like perfect your chops on the chopping block. Tight. Then uh, that, so back then, you know, like I said, I grew up skateboarding and I'm from Southern California. So, you know, like, uh, I was getting tattooed when I was, I, it's kind of almost embarrassing. I started tattooing myself when I was 12 and when I was, <laughs> I was 15, I started getting like real tattoos. By the time I was 20, I was covered. I've had a bunch of stuff lasered off. Um, so I, I can't, I came from that kind of punk rock skateboard, you know, just kind of what people would consider like kind of a radical, you know, aesthetic or whatever. Yeah. But that's just, that's just who I was, you know, the whole skateboard scene and all that you know, kind of, kind of, um, molded me into like the style that I liked and everything. So when I first started my company, it had a much, much edgier borderline offensive feel to it. <laughs> like my original website, like, you know, back when flash was cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like my logo would go and it would like it machine gunned, like all the letters. <laughs> And then you'd see like a grenade go into the screen and then blow up my logo. And, uh, and then I everything thought was, that was the coolest thing you've ever seen when you, when oh, web design. Yeah, I, oh, I thought it was just, yeah, I was like, dude, this is insane. 
And, and, and just to give you an idea where my head was at, um, our first NAM show, which we were going to do in like 2008, I want to say, I was going to literally rent like a, a little like Sherman tank, like a little miniature tank, right? Mm-hmm. Roll it into the NAM show, have full on like military netting, <laughs> have like chicks wearing like full on like revolutionary gear, you know, like those like... Um, those like Fidel Castro's type hats. Yeah, the, the camouflage hats, yeah. Yeah, and like fully go on this theme of like, and we have nothing to, the, the whole the whole name revolution has nothing to do with like, like you know, Viva la Revolution. Yeah, yeah. It has nothing to do with like like any, any sort of political thing at all. But it was going to be a fun little play on that, just a name. Um, but yeah, and it's so funny when I think of the stuff in retrospect, I'm like, oh my God, like where was my head at? But I made a bunch of apparel that had like, that had just super like uh, kind of kind of like like just very militant like logos and like stuff with like you know just bullets and just just crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, so I can't even remember what the, what the, what was it? What were we even originally talking about? Uh, new new products. New products. Have, uh, new oh, oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so new products. The chopping block. Yeah, yeah. I'm about the chopping block. So. So then I had this idea. This is back when there was a lot of kind of print ads, uh, you know, were the go-to for advertising. Several artists that I was working with back then, I had this idea of going to like, where are you guys located? I'm in Long Beach. Oh, you're in Long Beach? Yep. Oh, no, I'm in Long Beach right now. That's so funny. Um, oh, you are? I didn't know that. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I'm, 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 I'm in Austin. I should have just gone to your place and we could have just done the interview there. <laughs> yeah. So, so. Yeah, the reason I ask is, uh, you know, in Southern California, obviously, there's a large Mexican community, and they have these things called carnicerias, and it's where they have, like, you can buy meat and everything. So I was going to do this thing where, like, I was going to have, like, three, like, well-known drummers at a carniceria with, like, bloody butcher aprons on with meat and everything, but they'd be practicing on their chopping block, right? Oh, that's so I just I had these crazy ideas. So anyways, I worked on this pad and um, ended up having, you know, several prototypes made and was just never happy with it. In fact, my original logo was like a meat cleaver and it said chopping block like, in the meat cleaver um, and, and just just was never happy with it, man. And, and so it kind of went by the wayside. And it wasn't until probably two years ago, I'm just like, man, I need to like I want to finally do that pad. Yeah, but of course, fast forward, you know, 50, close to fifteen years, and my taste has changed a lot. You know, I, I just, I, I like, um, I just, I just really like a lot more kind of minimalist stuff now. That's real clean. You know, when you look at it, 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 it screams well made in quality, but it's not yeah. pretentious at all. Yeah, real kind of streamline. Yep. Um. So, so the new pad that that, I, like, I'm gonna literally launch it in like a week. Um, it's got a solid teak base, so it's just all solid teak, beautiful wood. Um, and then I found a – actually, the, the hardest part of, of making this pad was finding a playing surface that was unique because everybody yeah. just uses, like, gum rubber and, and just these go-to just rubbers like neoprene and, and you know, um, different types of, like, I don't know, polyurethanes and stuff. And um, – I came across a rubber that was used in a whole different application. So I reached out to this company and they make a completely other line of, you know, different types of products that have nothing to do with the drum world. 
and I said, Hey, can you send me out just like a sample of, of, of this material? I sent it out. I think I glued it to just a standard piece of wood and was playing on it for a while. I'm like, dude, this is amazing. Nice. So, yeah. So it's, it's, and it, and, and it's a patented material that, that they, they own the rights to. So okay. nobody, so nobody else can, can make this material. Um, and again, that's kind of going back to the word revolution. Like every product I come out with, I want it to be revolutionary and innovative you know, outside yeah. of the box, like where I can truly say this is unique. Like no one else has this, you know? So that's, that's one thing it's, it's called the chopping block practice pad. Nice. You know, I'll, I'll be launching that literally within a week or two. Like we, we have stock. I just, you need to, need to get images and all that up on our website. Um, then, uh, I'm doing something that is a it, it gives you the so there's already something similar like uh, to this on the market but ours is just a completely different design where you can take like a floor tom and convert it into a kick drum so oh, yeah you, yeah yeah so if you're going to go to let's say you know a buddy's house and he's like hey man bring your kid over and you're not going to lug your 22 inch kick drum and everything you're like yeah i'll just bring like a you know a kick and snare and maybe a floor tom or just maybe even a kick and snare and some iats or something yeah you know, there's companies that sell like these little spurs that you can put on your, your floor the tom and all that. Kit. Yeah, yeah. Little conversion kit, exactly. So so it's similar to that, but but instead it's actually a cradle. So it's it's this little cradle that holds your kick drum. And um and and what's cool about it is it's it's very modular. So it's very similar to almost um a lot of that kind of like Japanese type woodworking stuff that have like finger joints where things just go into each other mm-hmm. and then, and then gravity holds them together. So, so it, it all breaks down into just a little package about this size and it's got four sides and they, and they have finger joints and they, and they, they, they join into each other. And then when you put your kick drum down and you pull the strap over your, your kick drum being held down holds, holds the whole thing together. It's, okay. it's really cool. And it's not even, it's not my original design. It's a, it's a guy that I found, um, that's out in Michigan and it just kind of a funny backstory how I even came across him. And he had this product that, uh, he, he truthfully, and and I'm sure he'd be the first to admit this. He really didn't know how to market well, you know, so I reached out to him and I had him send me a prototype. And I said, Hey, I'm interested in, in, you know, maybe bringing this into the lineup. And, um, I go, but there's definitely, I go, I'm an inventor myself. So there's some things I'd like to change on it. If, if that, if you're cool with that a few revisions. So, um, cause his, his original version, you'd have to buy the, the exact size of your floor Tom, right? So this new version, we have it designed where you can flip it and you can have like a 16 on this side and you flip it. And then there's an 18 on the other oh, side. So it's a little bit more accessible for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. And then if you've got a 14, instead of having to buy a whole separate one, we sell this accessory that allows that main unit to, to um, facilitate a 14 inch kick. Oh, so you nice. Can, you can go 14 through 18. Yeah. Um, you know, with, with, with just one thing, you know, instead of having to, to and it, even from like a manufacturing standpoint to, to have inventory on a 14, 16, 18. Yeah. Now it's just, I just have, I have one unit and then we can sell this accessory if a guy wants a 14. So we're doing that. Um, and then we're working on, um, I'm going to do, I'm doing like a multi-use tool 
just like a, you know, a, it's got, um, it's like a 13 and one tool. That's just got everything that you need for around your kit. Oh, sick. Uh, Allen wrenches. Oh man. All, that's that's all such that. a pitch. It's like, got all I, that. And, and the, uh, the, the machine drive, I just got some machine drive pedals from BW and they right. have that drum key that has the, uh, Allen wrench on the other side and it clips onto the pedal, which is good. Yeah. But there's other stuff. There's like, um, symbol stands that are wonky that have that little tiny Allen wrench in there that you never have with you and, and shit like that. I mean, stuff that drives drummers crazy, but I, I, I know we talked to Zed from Axis was the first guest that we ever had on the podcast right. and Axis offers a, like a, a drummer survival kit. And for, for, right. for us, I feel like it would be a hot, an extra hi hat clutch, maybe some tension rods, uh, maybe some cymbal felts, but then it right. would be something like this, you know, like give me something I can literally take apart anything on my kit at any given time. I, I, I would love to have that. I've bought a few drum multi-tools and there's always something missing. There's yeah. always something missing. So yeah, I, I, yeah so this one's going to be very well thought out, um, awesome. you know, like hopefully all of our products are. Um, so, so yeah, we're working on that. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of companies are, are doing sort of like you said, a survival kit, you know, um, and, and, and we'll put something like that together as well, you know, where we'll get some really high quality felts and and eventually do just a, a, a kit that, you know, offers like right now on our website, we do a lot of um, we have something called like the drummer's essentials bag and it's got like our true tones, you know, it comes with three of our brass cymbal fasteners and then a firefly. And then, and then, it, and then it comes in a really cool, you know, a company called Tackle. I'm actually wearing one of their shirts right now. I do. Um, yeah, they make, yeah, they make super sick, like, uh, like real heavy duty canvas and leather. It's kind of kind of vintage inspired bags that are just like probably the, the best made bags on the market. I think I, I think I have seen one. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a drummer here in in Austin that uses it. Yeah, I've seen. Oh, it. Yeah, they're yeah they're. A lot of guys are, are, are digging their stuff. So anyways, I get an accessory bag from them and then everything goes into that little accessory bag. That's very cool. Um, so part yeah. Of it yeah, exactly. And, and tackle and the, the owner, Scott, he's a really good friend of mine, the, <laughs> the founder. Um, so we, we collaborate on ideas. He's just a, a, a super interesting and uh, just really like outside of the box, like innovator, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so so we were doing that, and then um, let's see what else. I, I've got um, we got you got the lug locks that are out right now. So just to <clears throat> catch everybody up, the True Tones are basically like uh, Moon Gel, Drum Honey, you know, dampeners, things like that. I, I, I'm using them right now. I, I I really like them. I mean, I I don't I don't have like a preference for dampening. I just use whatever tool is is best for the job. But I do like the clear look. I know that uh, Moon Gel recently started offering the clear, but I do like the clear because right. I, have, I have those color tones. So I, I don't want to have something blue or yellow or purple or something on the, I already got the color. You know, I just, I want it to be right. essentially invisible. But then you do have really, really robust lug locks. That can I we go back to the, can, can we go, but I didn't mean to interrupt. Can we talk about the, the, the um, True Tones? Yeah, yeah. Talk about the True Tones. Right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so basically, obviously everybody knows Moon Gel. In fact, I think it's the best-selling accessory in, in, in the, the drum market. And I think it's been that for 15, 20 years. Um, so they had a, I think they had like a utility patent for the longest time. And you couldn't make anything remotely close to any sort of gel dampener or, or anything like that. You know, no, no one would touch that. 
And then what happens with a patent is once it becomes, once it expires, basically, which is typically 14 years, then it's just op it's open to the to the you know anybody can just create anything similar. It's no longer you can't do anything that's kind of gel related. You said it's ten years. Usually it's fourteen years if it's a okay. utility patent. Yeah, and um, so when their patent was up, because I'd always I, I mean I don't want to knock you know them in particular too much, but I will a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, my main issue with with, with their stuff was. Um, you know, they, they'd break down in uh, different types of weather conditions, especially like, you know, w warmer weather conditions. Um, the, you know, they, they naturally deteriorate over time. And and also the fact that they were blue, they'd leave a residue. You know, you got some real nice, let's say, coated heads. And now you've, you know, you, if you, a lot of guys would just leave them on their kit. And then you now have these like blue marks on your kit. Yeah. So, um, you know, once, once, all of us were able to start, you know, developing our own gel products instead of just, you know, taking a moon gel like 99% of the other guys did and just send it to, you know, a, a um, you know, a chemist or whatever and just say whatever this is made of, you know, mimic it. I just, I can't do that. That just, that's just not the way I'm wired. So what I did was I, I took several different types of, um, of products that were out there and I tested them and just try to find the flaws in them. And then I, I, I reached out to a chemist and I said, look, I explained what I was doing. And I said, these are the flaws with what's out there. And I said, you need to, can you, can you produce a formula for me that, um, that has X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. So, so this, this chemist put together a formula, sent it out, and it worked great, but it wasn't quite tacky enough. So then I was like, yeah, you know, I, I love it so far, but, 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 you know, it's still missing these properties because obviously he's not a drummer, so he doesn't understand. Like he had no reference yeah, as far right. as like, you know, it needs to be tacky like this. But, you know, so we went through, I want to say uh, three different iterations until we finally came up with a formula that was, was, just super robust. If you take any other dampener on the market and you pull apart, it'll sh it'll just rip apart. Yeah. Um, our, ours, you literally can stretch them out. And, and, and the reason I say it, that's not like it's, it's a cool trick or anything. That's like, Oh yeah. You know, the true tones, you can grab them and stretch them. That all that represents is the quality of the actual material. Yeah. It's durable. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a quality of the material. And, um, so, so these these are all like elastomer type products, and um, and and you know if you if any of these that that will easily rip apart, they'll also disintegrate a lot faster as well. Mm -hmm. And um, so ours, not only are they clear, <coughs> the three things I wanted to change was I wanted to um, offer two different sizes, at least two different sizes, you know, because guys are always cutting down. There, you know, you get a moon gel as an example, or any other dampener. You you cut it to the size you want. So I want to offer two different sizes. So you know, we got I the micro. Don't I have three? Because you, 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 you sent me some, and I yeah, no, there's two. So there, there's there's a micro. No, but oh, they okay. come in the. But each pack comes with micro and standard size. Okay, so you, yeah. You don't have to buy them separately, right? Yeah. So so we call it our pro pack. Comes with um, it comes with four standards. And, and, and usually the standards guys for the most part would use like on their, their snare where they want a little bit more dampening. 
And then there's six of the micros. Yeah. You know, and then you can mix and match too. Like you may want one micro here and then also let's say a standard. You could just, you know, fool around and just get the exact sound you want. I mean, so I would like putting that kind of stuff on my ride. Like, I mean, pe people oh, yeah. are taping their ride, but I would say any sort of those uh, moon gels or drum honey or true tones are, are excellent on ride cymbals. Right. And you know, what's interesting is, um, is the formula that we have now is as tacky as it can possibly be. So you can actually put them under your cymbals too. Oh, sick. And they'll, and they'll stay like you can put them on the bottom of your drum heads. I mean, th those things will stick anywhere. So like I said, I wanted them to be, you know, two different sizes. I want them to be super durable and, and be very long lasting. Um, and then, um, I wanted them to also have a level of tackiness that they can be used in a lot of different applications. So, so just like, you know, a lot of the other drum gels you can do this with as well, but, but the, the tackiness is not like a topical thing. It's, mm -hmm. it's built, it's within the formula. So, you know, let's say you drop it on the ground, you get some dust on it or, or some fibers from your rug or whatever, just a mild soap and water, just wash it like you're washing your hands, just make sure you, you dry them really good, shake them out and just put them on like a, a clean surface, like, you know, tile or, or something like that. And I mean, those, they'll last years, man. Awesome. If, 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 I, I probably all the things that you addressed about other because I, I haven't tried your true tones, but I have tried probably every other type of gel dampening out. I'll, there. I'll send you some true tones. In fact, um, if you want, since I, we're both in Long Beach, I, I have some with me, so I could just I'll give you a, a box. Oh, awesome! Thank you. That's yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, we'll talk after the we're done with this. But uh, yeah, I, I the, everything you're saying that those address are my issues with the gel dampeners. Right. Yeah. They're so, great to right. pull them out of the box, but the, the second they get some wood chips on them, those aren't washing yeah. off. Yeah, I know for sure. And and sorry, to, I, I didn't mean to to break off on that tangent. No, you're good. Um, you're good. But, 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 I, but I didn't want to sell that product short because I put a, like a ton of effort into those. Um, you know, and, and like I said, I, I see so many other companies that just they saw just, a, just a, an opportunity to make money. So they basically yeah. just, all they did is just completely copied uh, moon gels formula and they just would change the color or the shape you know there's tons of companies doing that so so i bought i bought gels from every single company that started doing them and i literally just pulled apart pulled apart pulled apart and they were just the exact same formula you yeah, know yeah. and that's why i was like the, there's only one other company and they're they're my competitor but i will give them credit um, called uh, drum dots. Yeah, I was gonna say drum dials, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the I've drum dots. They yeah. make. They're, they're yeah. The qual. They're the only ones out there other than ours that have really good quality. Um, the, the, you know, the materials is very well made. So, um, yeah, their 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 stuff is. They use a high level of elastomer, and and that's kind of the the main difference in the production of um, of these ones that have like in, inferior inferior uh you know um in, in, i guess ingredients mm -hmm. you know ver versus what we have is they all are made with elastomer and they also use mineral oil um and then a couple other kind of like like binding um type agents but um we have a, a much higher level of elastomer because obviously mineral oil is going to break down eventually you know if it's mixed yeah. with in the formula so our ours ours and i i think theirs as well i'm assuming have a much higher level of elastomer and elastomer is a lot more expensive than mineral oil. So it's, it's literally like a, like a, with a formula, it's like a percentage. It, it'll be, let's say, you know, 20% elastomer, 80%, you know, or 75% mineral oil. And then these like binding agents, 
So ours, I, I couldn't tell you the exact formula, but it's a much higher ratio of elastomer, which, which again, we pay, have to pay a lot more to have it manufactured, but in the long run, you end up getting a much better product. It's better, yeah, better, better quality. And that's definitely your business model is you, you're not trying to take shortcuts. You're trying to offer something that is unique, that there is a need for, but it's gonna last you a really long time. And, right. I think, and it, uh, honestly, I think people are willing to pay that extra couple dollars for something okay. that'll last them. 100%. You know, if, if it's $5 more than product A, but it's going to last me twice as long. No, for sure. And, and you know, maybe, maybe that, that can um, be a good lead into um, this new uh, guarantee that we came up with. It's called the high five guarantee. And um, it's kind of a little plan words, but so every single one of our products, we offer a five week trial. So you literally could order every single product off of our website, try it for five weeks. And if you hate every single product, just send it back and we'll give you a full refund. Like that's, 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 that's a level of confidence that I have in the products, you know, and, and I have, I have not had, I can honestly, I have not had one product returned. Nice. And awesome. yeah, I, I had one guy that had, uh, he, he said something about the firefly, you know, there was, there was a feature he wished it had. So he's like, yeah, man, can I return this? I was like, yeah, sure. But I never heard back from him. That's the only person I even came close to returning something. Um, so you have five weeks to try, you know, any of our products. And then if you decide to keep them with the exception of the true tones, because I, I can't guarantee those for five years. Cause I, I don't know, like we didn't do, I mean, it's, we're not in the aerospace industry, so I didn't do like five years of testing, right? Um, but <laughs> yeah. since it is a product that eventually will break down, you know, it's, we're talking several years for sure. Yeah. I, I can't guarantee those for five years because the guys will just, just renew their, you know, but every other product has a five-year guarantee. So that's where the high five thing comes from. It's five-week trial. If you decide oh. to keep them, then it's guaranteed for five years. Gotcha. That's, that's, a, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Uh, so one one more question, then we'll wrap up here. Uh, yeah, the, sure. So as far as the Revolution family, can you yeah. talk about uh, any notable drummers that are part of fa of the family and how you got them on board? Sure. Um, yeah. So I, I, I for for some reason this 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 uh, thing just came into my head a memory that I had back probably in my early twenties. A friend and I were talking to this older like elderly guy, I don't remember where we were. And he just started to, like, just giving us some just like golden, like wisdom, you know, and he was telling us uh, about this company he started. And not not that I'm, I'm out with this intention of trying to be a millionaire or whatever, but he used that word. It's, it's kind of a cliche word. But you know, from his generation, he's like, if you want to be a millionaire, he's like, you got to do what other people aren't willing to do. And that could be interpreted anyway. And that has always stuck in my head. Um, so there were certain artists that I that I wanted to have, you know, like as part of the revolution team or family. And um, and I just figured like, you know, I'd be at the NAMM show and I'd see a dude that like I'd, I'd want to use my products and there'd be, you know, 15, 20 people around them. And I would just go and just it, it almost this sounds funny, but it almost felt like seeing like a hot chick and you're just trying to build up the courage to go talk to them. Right? <laughs> yeah. It was kind of similar to that same feeling where I'm just like, like I, I remember uh, like with Thomas Pridgen, you know, I was like, dude, this guy's such a killer drummer. And like all these people were like, Hey, what's up, man? Can I get a picture? And I was like, okay, how, how am I going to like, you know, get a chance to like talk to this guy about my products. 
and his girlfriend was with him. And she, I saw that she was kind of standing off to the side of it, allowing mm-hmm. like her boyfriend to, you know, do his thing. So I walked up to her and I said, Hey, um, my name is John. I have a company called revolution. You know, we make some pretty innovative products. I go, my booth is just right here, you know, 10 feet behind me. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to show, you know, Thomas some stuff if he's, if he's down and sure enough, like 10 minutes later, they walked over and then I was able to have like a one-on-one with them. Awesome. Um, and same thing with Thomas Lang. Um, you know, he, I went to the Hollywood uh, vintage drum show and he did a performance there and he was loading his stuff at the end of the show. And, um, I saw I had an opportunity to go and introduce myself and I, I did that and got him on board and, uh, you know, and since then, I just, um, I, I would say we probably have close to 20 to 30, like very well-known players, you know, um, so I don't know if you guys, guys have heard of Scott Pellegrom. Yeah, for sure. He's, yeah. So Scott is one of our newer guys, Stan Bicknell, who's in, um, New Zealand. Mm-hmm. He's just a monster player. That guy's amazing. He's super, super gnarly. Um, he's on board. Um, you know, we've got some female drummers like Cora Coleman, who played with Prince and, and Beyonce. She's just a com- complete monster. Um, I, I know I'm going to miss like a, a ton of people. Um, what about the one we talked about on the phone? Yeah, so so um, Travis Barker's drum tech, who actually was one of the founders of Orange County Drums and Percussion, mm-hmm. um, he reached out to me. And I guess he followed our Instagram page and, uh, you know, he, he asked about several products and then he was particularly interested in the T-Locks. And, um, so, so he said, you know, I could, you know, buy these wherever. So I said, no, man, I'll just send some out to you. So I ended up sending him out, uh, several of the T-Locks and, um, he, he got back to me probably I'd say a month or two later and they're being used on every one of his kits. And he said that Travis liked them particularly. Well, one, of course they, that they work well, but the standard lug locks that are probably the size of maybe a nickel or a quarter, maybe I guess he would hit his knuckles on them as he was playing. And he'd always have like bloody knuckles. Um, so he, that's, that's one thing that Travis pointed out um, to him. He's like, man, these lug locks are thick because they're, they're just, they're only slightly thicker than the actual tension rod. Yeah. They almost look like they're just part of the drum. Like they're just supposed to be there, you know? Um, Absolutely. yeah. So, so he, he, he doesn't officially endorse our products. In, in fact, I, you know, he's kind of at a level or a level, um, where he's a subwebity. Now he, he's got, he's got <laughs> a, a yeah, exactly. He's at a level where he's pretty much a, a celebrity at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, so guys like that, it, it's pretty rare that you would deal directly with them. You deal either with like a manager right. or maybe their drum tech like I do with with, um, with Travis in this situation. So I've never still, met him. I mean, on like a video or something or, or if he does, you know, like a close-up, somebody's going to be on Instagram and be like, what is that What is that thing on the underside of the drum? That looks really cool. Oh, and for sure. tag you. And I mean, that's yeah, man. Like, yeah, I know what to ask for, right? It's killer. Yeah, and I, and I have some pictures coming to me as well um, that I'm that I'm waiting on. You know, some some I know they did a show or a couple shows. Um, gosh, it's probably a year ago now. So I'll have some like images and all that. So I I, I can't like I guess legally or technically say like he's he you know endorses Revolution products, but I'm just I'm just stoked that people at his level are using our stuff. 
you know, I, I mean, I, I think that says a lot. Like they have access to anything that they want. And yeah. this small little drum company from Long Beach, like. They chose you. Yeah, it's like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I for, for me, that's that's like one, one of the best feelings is when you design something and you've got people at, at such a high level that choose to use your stuff. Yeah. Because, I mean, you, you always got the go-to brands like, you know, DW, of course, and Yamaha and, and whoever else that are just massive and they're, they're kind of the go-to and they all do accessories as well. Um, but, but we, we really want to like focus on accessories. You know, I have no desire to do drums. I, I dabbled with, with, um, some snare making, which was going to be, you know, under a different brand, but I decided now nah, this is not my deal. I made two snare drums. Um, and, and they ended up just kind of being like my own personal drums. But, but yeah. I, I never, I never had the intention of ever trying to create a drum company or, symbol company or, or sticks or, or any of that. It just, it's, it's next to impossible. I, I cannot tell you over the years how many companies I've seen come and go that were, you know, so-and-so custom drum company. Um, and, you know, guys would just order their shells from, from Keller. Yeah. Shells, and they would get their hardware out of, you know, their several different companies. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And they would, basically they would just assemble drums or we call them drum assemblers. They weren't custom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. And if you're lucky, they may do a little rap for you or something. Um, but there's, there's not too many people out there that are truly doing custom drums. Right. Um, yeah. You know, because the, just the technology and, and, and the, and the know-how is, is, I mean, it's, it's so hard, you know, there's, a couple who come to mind, like um, like Noble and Cooley, they make all their own shells. Um, Q Drums, they make all their, I believe they make all their own shells. You know, so really sweet. true custom drum company. And what's cool about these guys is like, they're small. Like we're not talking like, you know, like I, I don't know if you guys have toured DW, but it's a just a massive factory. I mean, it's huge. Yeah. I mean, you got forklifts everywhere and like it's a, it's like yeah, you walk yeah. in, you're like, this is like a real legit massive, you know. And it's extremely um, sought after as well. It, yeah, exactly. You know, but then you, I've never been to Q Drums. They're actually here, I think in San Pedro, um, or as we say here, Pedro, oh, right? Q's out San here? Pedro. I thought Q was like an East Coast thing. No, no, no. I think they're in San Pedro. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is a, which is a neighboring city. It's like 10 minutes from here. Yeah. Um, and then my buddy who started a company called Cherry Hill, yeah, he, he makes he makes everything by hand. He, this guy is like I've known him since seventh grade, and um, it's just funny that we both ended up in the drum industry because it obviously wasn't planned that way. Yeah, um, but he's always been a musician, and um, when I first met him, he played guitar, and then probably I want to say in about ninth or tenth grade, he started playing drums, and he's stuck with drums ever since. Mm -hmm. um, and so he had a recording studio back probably in like. I would say he probably started in the late nineties called trench studios and mm -hmm. he specializes. I don't know if that's the right word, but he, he kind of has like a niche with a lot of like metal punk, um, you know, just kind of like, like heavier kind of music. Um, but like he, he's done, I don't know if you guys have heard of like intronaut. Um, yeah. So like he, he's recorded like intronaut stuff. Um, I think I want to say abysmal dawn. Um, uh, several like grindcore and, and, and like just a lot of brutal bands, you know, that, that's my um, vein right there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I guarantee, vein, yeah. yeah. I guarantee you a lot of it. He's recorded, you know, a lot of he like, for example, um, I know he's done a lot of, um, 
gosh, what, what's the name of this, of this, uh, this punk band that's, and he even, he even played with, I don't know, I'm, this is what happens when you get old. And anyways, if, if it comes to me, I'll think of it. But, but anyhow, um, so yeah, he, he started this, uh, company doing, um, just like as a recording engineer and he still has it, Trench Studios. In fact, he, he bought this older property where he lives and there was an avocado or was it? No, no. And uh, apricot tree that had died. So he cut down the apricot tree and let the wood cure. And he built a drum out of a tree in his yard. That's so apric- bad. That's yeah, yeah, like just, you know, so, so these are, these are the guys that I'm just like, okay, these guys do something special and you know that they do drums and they've made it because they truly they go above and beyond and Ma- masters of maple is another another guy sahir that makes fully custom drums um you know but i i just i mean these guys they're, they're just they're more craftsmen than i am i i'm not a craftsman i'm i'm more of kind of a mad scientist that just thinks of ideas i but mean these guys are- he makes the most beautiful clutches and drum keys like i bought a clutch from him probably two years ago right and uh but i i got in a pack i got the 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 matching key as well and i and then he made me a couple other keys um because i was looking for something to hang around my neck so he but i mean his craftsmanship is amazing and and he's and he recently started making full drum kits and they are like i mean i want to say kits i think he's made like one or two but i mean they're completely immaculate i mean it's just like uh you're not going to go buy a d-dub kit that's going to touch what what he's able to do i mean it's 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 insane an absolute perfectionist too he is he is just such a perfectionist this is when i realized he was just completely psycho when (laughs) he he showed me one of he showed me and i mean that in the best way he showed me a drum kit where he had so like in his lugs which he makes he he hand machines all his lugs out of solid brass usually um he had a little inset where he had abalone in in inset into the lugs and this is where i was like this guy's nuts his tension rods he he had hollowed out a space at the top of the tension rod and had abalone inset in every single tension rod like who does that (laughs) who does that on on the kit that he recently made that's the tension rods no 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 this is a kit that he he made you know he he gets a lot of customers that are um like singapore and a lot of these like wealthy asian countries where I think they just collect snares. Like I don't even think they play them. I mean, he's done snare drums that are four or 5,000 bucks that take him, I mean, weeks and weeks to make because they're just wow. so, customized. but they're literally like art pieces, you know? And yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they're not, they're not functional. You can obviously play them. They sound amazing. Um, but he does stuff. That's just, it's so nice. I always tell him like, I'm like, dude, I wouldn't even want to touch this thing. Like I just want to put it in a glass case. Because they're so beautiful. No, and that, they and that, sound amazing too, though. I mean, like his, yeah, I mean, totally. it's not just the looks. I mean, there you can hear the quality as well. Yeah, no, for sure, man. Um, yeah, he's he's the one who taught me uh, the process of, of making stave drums, you know. Nice. And I went there and, and I, I kind of got a little one-on-one workshop. And he's like, I'm only doing this for you because you're an old friend. <laughs> like, you know, it's it's like Yoda, like, like teaching me the ways. <laughs> Um, is is he based in California? Yeah, He's Damn, I, gotta, I gotta come out and visit because my, my my dad, like I was telling you, my dad played in a in a eighties cover band in Long Beach at the Gaslamp for like thirty years. They still play. They still play what? on Friday nights. And what's it called? Night Rider. Okay, that, this is funny. You bring this up. So yesterday I was driving past the Gaslamp, 
Yeah, and I wanted to tell you this. And it said it said Night Rider on the billboard. <laughs> I and, and I and I was like, I think that's I think that's the name of, of his dad's band. I'm pretty yep. sure because I because well, I remember he's passed away I mean, now. But yeah, he's uh, he he used to play in the band, and and I was able to sit in with him uh, twice. And one time I played My Sharona at this. I think the place is called Hennessy's. I don't know if you know Hennessy's if it's still around. Uh, but I, I played there when I was 18. I was able to play My Sharona with my dad. And then I played um, like Semi Charm Kind of Life at the Gas Lamp uh, with the band um, in like 2015 or something like that. But I was able right. to sit in at the Gas Lamp and it was, it was, it was insane. Like that, just being, I, I think it's, it's being at the California venue, you know, like right. and I'm, I live in the Midwest for, you know, over a decade. So it's like, I got stars in my eyes type of deal, but also just be on the stage with your dad is, is pretty oh, that's, Yeah, that's amazing, awesome, man. And he's the one who motivated me to play drums. So like full, you know, full circle. It was, that's it was nice. Yeah, that is really cool. Yeah, no, Long, Long Beach is, is a really cool city. Um, you know, we moved to Bend, Oregon three years ago and I still have a lot of love for this city. Um, there's, it's got, so, so I was originally uh, raised in Costa Mesa, which is down in Orange County. And um, I, I don't know, like Orange County to me, for, generally speaking, is a, a lot more generic. Like um, like your typical guys, do you know what a bro is? Do you know what that term means? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I said, I said like d- dude bro is what I normally refer to. Yeah. So, so, so here, I don't know if it has a slightly different definition there because in Oregon it does, but like a bro is a dude that like wears his hat backwards and like drives a huge lifted truck and just like all he talks about is partying and has a worse taste in music and is just a total dude. Yeah. Total douchebag treats girls bad. Like orange County just, you know, kind of became that like in the nineties and it's still like that generally speaking, right. There's some cool little cities here and there, at least where I lived. And it just feels like, you know, it kind of like a lot of the guys who skated kind of became that like that br- that bro mentality. Unfortunately, um, yeah. And I moved to New York in in two thousand one, and then I when I moved back after being exposed to like a place like New York, I was like, I can never go back to Costa Mesa. So that's when I moved to Long Beach, and I lived here for like eighteen years. So like most of my adult life. And um, what I like so much about the city is like it's just a it's just a very like hip. You know, there's a, a good music scene. Um, you know, just it. You'll find a lot of really cool like restaurants and and like a lot of like kind of like independently owned, you know, coffee shops and and music stores and um, it, it just it's got a really cool vibe. It's it, it kind of you you see that there's been an intention to kind of keep the corporate mentality out of Long Beach as yeah. much as possible. I mean, they've built you know downtown. You know, they've built, a, you know, like P.F. Chang's and, and some definitely some like corporate kind of chain restaurants. But the core of Long Beach is still kind of gritty, you know, and you can just go to like like dive bar after dive bar and just awesome. cool little venue. And it's just it has that vibe. And I think that's why a lot of people um, were drawn to this place. And it can be sketchy, too. Yeah. Austin, Austin's very, very similar. It's getting uh, gentrification is a problem obviously, yeah. over, over time, but it's it's still feels like that grit it still feels like hey i can you know i know where the upscale bars are but i i can find a dive bar with a good band and 
you know, right. like, d- dirty floors and shit like that. Like that's For sure. Yeah. Long Beach is weird, dude. Like you, you will be like right now I'm staying downtown and, um, it's just, it's called the, the East village. And, um, you'll have all these really trendy, super cool restaurants, you know, and even people like rolling by in beamers and whatever, like people with money, obviously. And like, I'll be stepping over like a homeless guy. That's like, yeah, got his pants around his ankles and not think twice about it. Like, oh, excuse me. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's got like just a really, I mean, I, can I just, like to describe Long Beach as a weird mix of Los Angeles and Orange County. Like you're right. You're right. It, and, and it's I, right in the middle there. For sure. And in, in fact, I have, I have a friend that, that came down um, to visit and uh, he lives out in what they call like the Inland Empire. So he's out in like Corona mm-hmm. and he just, he likes Long Beach a lot. And so, so we were walking by, we're on Broadway, which is a, a, like a pretty popular street downtown. And so we walked by this barber shop, which is like a black barber shop, right? And, um, you know, like the dudes, like they're hanging out out front. And it's just, it's totally like, an, it feels like in almost any other city, you would have like, you know, kind of the black area and like a, there was white dudes or whatever, like cruising past, like they'd be kind of look like, maybe they wouldn't give you a hard time necessarily, but like, kind of like, what are you guys doing here? It's not like that in Long Beach. Dude, it's like, it's the most diverse place you've ever seen. You'll have like black dudes, Asian dudes, Mexican dudes, gangsters, yuppies, you know, and, and just people don't even, it's just like, you don't even notice like all about it. Yeah, it's 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 a trip, man. So it's a, a melting pot, for this sure. Is my first time sure. living in Long Beach. I'm relatively new here, and I'm, I've grown to like it a lot. I like Long Beach a lot. What area do you live in? I, I'm in the very north, uh, northern, uh, northeastern end, really close to Orange County. So, like, like what kind of like Hawaii, near Hawaiian Gardens? Okay, right on. Shit, so I, I, play, I, mean, I, I played poker there. I played poker with my dad, like a, a long, a long time ago. They have. Uh, um, like really cheap or they did have really cheap poker games there where you get a dollar. I think I have a Hawaiian gardens, uh, casino chip still stashed away somewhere. It's like a memory, like a dollar chip or whatnot. That's funny. All right, brother. Well, Hey, we really appreciate having you on and, uh, yeah, for everybody listening and, and, uh, and, and watching, definitely check out it's revolution drum.com. Right. Do I have that right? Right. Yeah. Okay. And you know, let's do this too. Let's, um, Let's let's offer like a fifteen percent discount code to your listeners. Hell yeah! And, and what, what, we'll do, what we'll do for drum and drummer? Let's do DD fifteen. Okay. So like DD fifteen like on du- the website. Like double, yeah, double D fifteen. That's you'll just plug that in. I'll get fifteen percent off. Double Ds, awesome. eh? Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll I'll make that code right now, and then okay, that cool. way anybody wants to check out our stuff, they can get a fifteen percent discount. Sounds great. Thank you. That's yeah, awesome. Man. I might jump on there and use that discount. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and there are fun. there are definitely are some products that are that are also in the works that we didn't have time to get into. So just just out, you know people can follow us on Instagram. Oh um, yeah. You know, and all of those links are on our website, which is revodrum.com. Um. So yeah, if people want to follow us, you know, um, we definitely try to like announce announce when we're gonna be launching products and all that. But but this year, I put it this way: this year. I'm probably going to double my catalog at least. Now, and that's not that's that I have that many products right now, but we'll probably have, I'd say, 20 products in our lineup, like really cool stuff by the end of the year. Awesome. Um, so there, there's a, a lot of things we're working on right now. And even a lot of cool collaborations too. You know, Excited, that man. we're working on. 
Excited yeah, to see that. So, yeah. so revodrum.com, use the discount code DD15. That should be right. live soon. And yeah, man. It'll be live in five minutes. Before you guys even post this, it'll be live. That's all. Yeah, this this will be coming out in the next few weeks. So yeah, it'll it'll be live way sooner than that. Cool, man. Well, hey, great chat with you guys, and uh, thank you so much for coming on. For sure, man. I appreciate the opportunity. It's been fun. Thank you, man. Good good luck on your next thing. Have fun in California. All right, man. Thanks. Take it easy.